0: Happy New Year to those here at Oikos on this first Sunday. Are you guys glad to be here? Of course you are. You wouldn't have got up, up out of bed and made your way over here. I'm thankful that you're here. I'm thankful that we get to strive after possessing that promise together. Because each day that we get up, it's one of those challenges of listening to the Lord and whether or not we can hear Him or not. We ask that question here quite a bit. What is the Lord saying to you? And often you can probably imagine what kind of response I get from people. I don't know. Or I don't think he speaks to me. Or it's been kind of silent lately. Others may say that I don't think that God speaks to us anymore. That time has gone and it is past. But hearing the voice of God and seeing his signs are really important as we live our lives. When we lose his voice, we lose our direction. Too often people have seen God as distant and unavailable as a non-participatory action within our lives. We could even say for many, he's just absolutely silent. That's sad. When we look at scripture, I can't even say that that's scriptural. Yes, there are times when God is silent. But we don't dictate when he is. We don't get to say, well, God's being silent right now. Only God is the one who says, I'm silent. But too often, because we're not listening or watching, we immediately say, Oh, he's just not speaking to me. I can't hear his voice. I'm not sure what he's saying. And when we see God as a non participatory God, our existence becomes a little dreadful, a little sad, probably a lot lonely. Today, the church celebrates this season called Epiphany. You heard Sylvia talk about Epiphany briefly. Epiphany. Does anyone know what Epiphany is? What? It's like, aha. Yeah, it's like an aha moment. Historically in the church, Epiphany is that Jesus is announced to the world. Because historically, they thought thought the Magi were perhaps Gentile or not Jewish. We'll talk about that a little bit. And so because they came and worshipped him, Jesus was announced to the world. A new moment had occurred. And we're in this new year where we get to celebrate the Magi. And in a few moments we're going to hear that story about these, we don't know how many, but Some men saw, they watched, they listened, they followed. Most importantly, they believed. But this was not the first nor the last time that God had spoke. The wise men had seen the star, and God spoke to them through that star. But he had spoke ages before this. And as we look at church history, he speaks ages after that. In fact, many of the disciples who would follow after Jesus had ascended, after he died and rose again, then he ascended into heaven and he left disciples. And these disciples, their view of God was not one who did not speak. Instead it was the contrary. In the book of Hebrews, it It said, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God, everything is naked and exposed before His eyes, and He is the one to whom we are accountable. The writer did not just pick God as someone who is not active or present, but instead as a God who's very active, who cares enough to know everything about you, who works for you, who will keep you accountable in the good things that you do and in the bad things that we do. He cares about your choices. He cares about your thoughts. This is not a God who is somewhere off in the distant, not involved in your life. Jesus himself talked about what he was going to do, this promise that he wants us to possess. And that promise that I'm talking about today is that God's voice is Active even today. Jesus said, But I will send you the advocate, the Spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. Now, testify means to speak. To speak. Jesus says, I will send someone to you to speak all about me. This is not a God who's silent. He's living and he's active. But when he speaks, it usually and almost always points to Jesus. And that's maybe where we get a little bit lost And why is this that it speaks to Jesus? Paul writes to Timothy as he's training this guy to become a pastor. God wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. This is good and pleases God our Savior, for there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God with humanity, the man, Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world just at the right time. So does God speak to his people? Does he speak to his people even today? And what does he speak about? This is a common answer that's real easy. What does he speak about? Jesus. Let's try that again because this is, you should get this one. Who does he speak about? Jesus. Yes, it's just, you know, sometimes we get tired of Jesus. In fact, I opened this up and I said, I often come back to people and say, Well, what is God saying to you? If you were smart, you would say, He's probably talking about Jesus. But instead you go, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear what God's saying. Because our inwardmost being revolts against God's voice. God speaks to his people and he works through his Holy Spirit because he wants everyone to be saved. In our biggest doubt, when we are doubting whether or not this is even worth our time to come on Sunday morning, when we're doubting whether this is worth it to follow Jesus, when we're doubting whether Jesus exists or if this whole Christmas scene is more about commercialism than it is about a savior. God speaks to us gently and softly. Remember who Jesus is in your life. He wants you to recognize his son. He wants you to be saved. And in today's story, we get to see and hear about a few men who were watchful, And they saw the sign. Let's take a look at the
1: story. While Jesus was still a young child, some men came from the east. Their research revealed that a royal redeemer would one day come to Israel. They studied the stars and saw signs that indicated this king had finally been born. They went to Jerusalem and talked to Herod, the king who was appointed by the Romans to rule over Israel. They said, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? We see his star and have come to worship him. Herod was evil and cruel. He became angry when he heard the news of a different king born in his domain. Still, he controlled himself and told the men he'd look into the matter. He called for the priests and teachers and asked, Where does your scripture say Messiah is to be born? They were quick to answer, He's to be born in Bethlehem. Herod went back to his visitors and asked to hear more about the heavenly signs and exactly when the royal star first appeared. He then told them, Go to Bethlehem. Once you have found the child, report back to me. I'd like to go worship him as well. The men traveled a few miles to Bethlehem and went right to the house where Joseph, Mary, and the young child lived. They bowed down before Jesus and worshipped him. They gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. God warned these men that they were not to return to Herod, so they avoided Jerusalem and traveled home a different way. That night, an angel appeared to Joseph, Get up. Herod will send soldiers to kill the child. Go to Egypt and stay there until I tell you to return. So Joseph got up in the night and took his family to Egypt. Herod was angry when he realized the men from the east had disobeyed him. He sent soldiers to Bethlehem and had all the young boys killed, those under the age of two. In time, Herod died, and the angel told Joseph it was safe to return to Israel. Still, he decided to move his family to Nazareth instead of going back to Bethlehem. Jesus grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him.
0: So this is one of my favorite stories. And as a kid, I love the hymn, We Three Kings. Historically, it's really inaccurate but I don't care because I love this hymn. And we it could be a little bit accurate. It could be kings. They might have been kings from the land of Yemen. If you know where Yemen is, it's kind of south of Saudi Arabia. They may have been from that area. We don't really know. We don't even know if there were three. The reason why we don't, we suspect there could have been three because they had three gifts. So that's the only link to three. But it's just as good lyrics, right? We just heard the song, right? It's, we three kings of Orient are, I'll spare you from my voice, but bearing gifts, because we're listening to the Lord's voice, not mine. Bearing gifts, we traverse from afar, field and fountain, moor and mountain, following yonder star. Oh, star of wonder, I would belt this out as a little little guy. (laughs) Do it, do it, do it. No, I'm not doing it. Oh, star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding, guide with thy perfect light. I didn't even think about what these words meant. I just liked the melody. I liked that I, I knew what it was. It was different than the other songs that we would do that I didn't even know what the words meant, which I probably didn't know what these words meant either. But I still loved this hymn. But beyond the hymn, I think, the reason why I really love the hymn is because I love the story. I love the idea of these strangers just kind of coming to visit Jesus and making him known. That they watched and they listened. And as I grew in this story, I realized how incredible this really is. Number one, that they just sat there For years, watching skies, not just for this sign, but watching, because they knew that there was something there. If you've seen the documentary, The Star of Bethlehem, have you guys seen that documentary? If you haven't, I'm going to highly suggest you watch it. It's worth an hour of your time. Um, You can go to this website, you can find it, or you can go to YouTube, look it up. You can watch it for free. The It's a little bit grainy, I'll tell you, but the message is still there. And what's awesome about this is how science and faith are not enemies, but there's an incredible link between both of them. Sometimes we read the story and we go, oh, it's Star Bethlehem. What a... You know, it's another one of those out there stories in the Bible. But as you watch this documentary, you start to see the Lord had planned all along as he created the heavens and the earth to line up so that his son would be revealed just at the right time. Just as scriptures say. I thought was an, I would tell you more about it, but that's a whole other message. So go and look at it, and you'll begin to see just how much the Magi took a few signs in the sky, and that prompted them not just to go walk a mile, but to go hundreds of miles. Hundreds of miles to worship a king they did not know. This idea of God speaking through the stars Is not something that was new to them. In fact, a psalmist would write about it. Psalm 19, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voices never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth, and their words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. They hear this message because of God's creation. A quick little review is basically certain planets lined up at this time when Christ was born that would have been an incredible sight for them to see. And I didn't know this. This is something that I learned. Is that you see the stars rise, and just a couple nights ago I saw, and of course as we look at the night sky, some of those stars are suns, and some of them are planets being reflected off of. And I saw one rising, right? And it went away for a little bit. Don't worry, this is not a a message from the Lord, I don't think, because I don't really know anything about the, the sky. Because it just went behind the limb of a tree. But then it kept going, right? So it disappeared and then it reappeared. And I was thinking, yeah, if you don't watch, these things just pass, pass by you. How many people had looked at the stars and never saw that they actually rose? in the east? How many just looked and saw that there were stars? And there's another thing is that people in this day would have been, for the most part, seeing the stars all the time. They didn't live in Houston where you saw one star, like I did, (coughs) fall behind a branch. They saw all the stars. And what I learned is that I didn't realize that planets are actually moving stars. And it's like when you're driving a car and you feel like the car that's next to you is kind of falling behind, right? And they're kind of moving. It's like a weird, like they're reversing, but they're not really. It's just the movement. That's what we're seeing up in the sky when we see a star start to move in another direction and actually loop. Incredible documentary. If I haven't sold you on it, that's your bad. All right. So the stars in the sky, these wise men watched them. And from one sign, they got up and decided it's time to move. They didn't, from what we can see, debate, should we or should we not go? They simply left. And following this message, they then arrive in Jerusalem, and they meet King Herod. And we know that King Herod then wants to find out who this possible usurper could be. And so he wants to get more information out of them, but they ask, what do your scriptures say about this? And Matthew records, In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the ruling cities of Judah, For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people, Israel. The second thing we hear from these Magi is they let the heaven speak to them. They follow it. And then they let the word of God speak to them. And they believe it. So quickly they could have dismissed this prophecy from Micah that was said to them by the scribes in Jerusalem just kind of like we do with God's word, not for me today. But instead they said, we're going to Bethlehem. Now Bethlehem was a short job, just a few miles south of Jerusalem. And so they went down to Jerusalem. And as I look at this verse, I thought about how many Jewish people in Jerusalem had heard this verse before. How many times over the history of readings had they heard that their Messiah would be born in Bethlehem? How many people in Jerusalem had looked up at the night sky and seen this phenomenon occurring but did not watch long enough and then did not listen to the word? But these magi They did. They believed it. And because the other people who did not watch or believe, they missed Jesus. But the wise men didn't. The Magi believed, and that's what gave them courage to follow. Now, I sometimes have a hard time encouraging myself to travel outside the inner loop. If there's something that's happening, like if someone goes, oh, why don't you come out? Um, We're going to have it in Humble. I go, oh, that's a long ways. (laughs) Or if they go, come out to Katy, I go, ooh. I lived in Katy, but that was like, you know, 16 years ago. And I don't go there unless I'm going somewhere else. It's a long ways. You've got to plan your whole day around it. And that's me getting in my car. And I know some of you, you you're like, yeah, well, we just traveled from there to get here. <laughs> but we traveled in a car. There was a thing on the news about the longest flight right now, it's 19 hours. And it's to Singapore from New York. And you fly over the North Pole. And you come over, just like that. <laughs> and they're like, and we want to make sure people feel refreshed so they get all these little meals. They've changed the lights so that it kind of keeps everybody on the right rhythm. And the seats are really nice. And, um, and I am thinking, we complain about a 19-hour flight as, oh, can't believe you go on that. Or I complain about having to drive forty minutes or a lot longer if there's traffic to Katy. Or I complain about having to drive to Nebraska to see my family, that it takes forever to get there. But these wise men out of one sign said, We'll get on our camels, because that's what they had, camels. And we'll go. I mean, I have air conditioning. I've got a radio. I've got a phone that gives me directions. But these wise men, they took a bigger step than I think we can even really consciously jump into. But it should also encourage us that just as there were faithful people then, We're invited to be those faithful people now. In the new year, we're starting some new things, I'm sure. Did any of you decide that you're going to do something new in the new year? I'm not using resolution because there's always people that are against resolutions. Who's starting something new? You guys are such liars. (laughs) Every new season, it's the way humans operate. When you start a new school year, People go, well, I'm going to do this different this year. When we start a new season, we go, well, we're going to start something different. I'm going to eat healthier or I'm going to exercise. Nah, in January, I'm exercising. It's not a resolution, though. I'm just going to start in January. We start new things. It's what we do. Or we stop things. I'm not going to do that anymore after Christmas. I wonder how many of you said... I'm not going to eat like that anymore after Christmas. Or I'm not going to lay around and watch Netflix like that anymore after Christmas. We start new things. But the question for us, are we watchful and listening for the Holy Spirit to tell us about Jesus and these new things? Are we watchful and listening for him to guide us where he wants us to go. And when we hear those words, do we actually believe them? Some of our decisions will include some of those things I said, losing weight, not shopping as much, or celebrating more, spending more time with your spouse, right? All these things are things that we talk about. But in the midst of all that stuff that we're deciding that we're going to start or stop. Are we listening for the voice of God? Is he telling us? Are we listening? Is he telling us about Jesus? There are two things that are happening in the midst of all these saints. Is that if number one, if you don't believe in Jesus, he's asking you to believe. It's as simple as that. It may be from this documentary that you go and you go, wow, this is incredible. It has to be true that they actually saw a star. Or it may just be simply that you're here. Many of us come here because someone in our family believes. They may even think we believe, but we don't really believe. But we're here because they believe. But we're here more just because this Holy Spirit has already pulled you in here, whether you believe that or not. This is not usual if you didn't know that. Getting up on Sunday morning, listening to a guy who grew up in Nebraska, listening to some California do some music, right? Right? That's not normal activity for the majority of America. Definitely not for the world. But you came. And you can either put that to, well, I'm doing this for the person I'm sitting next to, or you can start believing that the Holy Spirit is working on your heart. The second thing is, if you believe in Jesus... He is telling you through these signs to believe deeper, to begin following like you've never followed before. Our biggest problem is that we forget this great example of the wise men. And as I thought about them and their example, I thought, what are some things that we, that I often ask people, what do you hear the Lord saying in this? And they go, I don't know if I hear anything. And so if you hear the Lord telling you to be generous this year, the almond or the common response that I hear is, I don't know if I can. Or I don't know if I have everything in line. Or I'm not sure how much we're going to make this next year. Or I'm not, I've got these other things that I want to do. And so I'm not sure if that's where I want to put my priority. The example of the Magi was they saw a sign. They packed up some pretty nifty gifts. I mean, just fall back into this. It's not just a little story where they come with these little boxes. They didn't know who this king was or if he was for sure even born. And they were willing to traverse a desert where there were marauders ready to steal whatever they had. And they were making themselves a target by bringing gifts. They didn't go in secret. They didn't cloak themselves so that no one would recognize that they had wealth. They were recognized as wise men bearing gifts. It's hard for us to jump into that example of faith. But that's how they were generous. They didn't look at Jesus, even though they didn't even know his name, as someone not to be worshipped with their gifts. Instead, they went all out. (coughs) The other thing maybe is that you hear the Lord saying, this year I'm going to be more active in the way I worship the Lord. And when we go to the story of the Magi, it can be contrasted with the way we operate. Sometimes our worship life is oh, we can come this Sunday because the Texans played yesterday and they lost. <laughs> so there wasn't really a party last night. We just went home and went to sleep. So we can be here today. Right? I mean, I'm just being honest that hey, if I wasn't the pastor, and I had to be here, would I always choose to be here? I can't always st- you know step into that because that's kind of what the Lord put me as. But I try to. I try to think, if I wasn't the pastor, would I choose to be here every Sunday? Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I would choose some other things instead. Maybe I'd look outside and go, oh, man, it's so nice out. It's beautiful. We're just going to hang outside. Or maybe I would look at the new shows that we're on and go, we're just going to binge watch some shows in the house. But the example of the Magi was we're going to get on our camels. Again, we're going to traverse the desert. Not only will we bear gifts, but we will worship him. And I thought about this too. Just This is so, because it came about a year, maybe almost a year and a half after Jesus was born. So kind of take your nativity set, and this is how I always do it. The wise men, I always set them a ways away. <laughs> so I remember this didn't all happen on one night. This is like a year and a half later. Mary and Joseph were not in the stable. Hopefully, that would have been a pretty grim existence for a year. They were in a house. And the Greek word for Jesus was like toddler. That's why we kind of guess about a year, two years out. And these maybe three guys show up and Mary and Joseph welcome strangers in their house. And then they start worshiping their baby. And I thought, why, why would they, why did God have this happen a year after? And then I thought about, well, it's because he knows us. So Mary and Joseph had been told, this is the Messiah. And they all were, yay. And they had an angel, Whoa, right? It should have been very clear, oh, this, this baby is special. Mary should have really known because she had not had sex. But she was pregnant. Any woman out there, you would probably go, this is something special, right? Am I wrong? Am I right? Come on women, right? If you've gone through pregnancy, you and you have not had sex, you go, whoa. That's what you do. She should know that this is really special. But I think about, you know, it wasn't that much longer after the Magi visited that Jesus was in the temple and they didn't know where he was. And they were like, why are you sitting in the temple? He goes, because I'm in my father's house. They'd already forgotten. It wasn't too much longer after that that he was doing miracles and signs and wonders and they were embarrassed that he was talking about being the Messiah. And it wasn't too much longer after that that he died on the cross and they thought it was over. And then just a few days later, they were surprised when he rose from the grave. Need reminders. Because we forget who Jesus is. That's why his Holy Spirit testifies when he speaks to us. It's about who? Who? Because we forget. We think we know it because we can say Jesus. But when God's speaking to you, He's speaking to you about Jesus. And there's a whole lot of stuff packed into that. There's a whole lot of things that when you hear Jesus, where does my life go? And who am I going to follow? Today he's speaking to us and I do believe he's speaking to us to remind us who Jesus is. And I do love this story. It can be easily just seen and as part of the Christmas story and as little sculpture renditions of three guys holding boxes. But there's a whole lot more. It's about how we listen to God. It's that he speaks to us, even today. It's that there's this abandonment in all their concerns as they head off to go worship someone they are not even sure exists. That they give generously with abandonment because they're excited about who he is. And when they find out who his name is, His name is Jesus. They worship him. I hope our new year can kind of start out that way. Remember, you're already not normal. You're here. I hope that each day can be a little bit less normal. That you can do things that people go, what the heck are you doing? And it's not because it's not about Jesus. It's because it is about Jesus. That we can stop saying, oh, I don't know if I can or I can't, I'm not sure. And we just do it. Think about how many mistakes we think we're gonna make and then we do nothing. I believe in a father who loves me beyond all the mistakes I make, and I've made a lot. I believe in a father who is going to work through me even when I start making mistakes. But I also want my ear tuned to him so that when I make those mistakes, I can repent and do better. That's what New Year's resolutions are about. Can we do a little better? But instead of doing better for myself, I want this year to be better for Jesus. May I listen to his voice. May I look for his signs. And as I see them, I pray, Holy Spirit, give me the faith. To follow. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time that you've given us to look at the story of a three magi or more. Lord, we thank you that you're active and you're present. We thank you for those people who know who you are, who testified about you. We thank you for that. The person who wrote Hebrews, perhaps it was Priscilla, who wrote about how your word was sharper than a two-edged sword that was live and active. Lord, open our eyes to the Scripture as we see it, not as something that's dead and foreign and not a part of our life, but something that is central to our life, that we can go to your Scripture and hear your voice every day, but also aliven our senses that you gave us. That we can begin listening for your voice. That we can be watching for those unspoken words as you give us signs. And Lord, may we look for Jesus. May we ask the question, is he center? Is he in the center of everything that we do? Or is fear? Give us courage, Lord. Lord to follow the example of the Magi as we go into this new year. And and when we become fearful and afraid and unsure, remind us to pray the, the words that you gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread,